When creativity comes a calling, here's how you answer that door. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. The theme for this month, the month of November that lends my mind and heart towards all that I'm thankful for, uh, was birthed from that place exactly. The theme is called Family and Friends, or Friends and Family. I think it's Friends and Family, Creativity and Courage. And it was actually more specifically birthed from thinking about this one person that I have as my guest today. I, uh, uh, the month of November is one of my favorite months. I I love I love it. I love everything about it that we start seeing and smelling and talking about no matter where we live in the country. But um, I love it also. Uh, it happens to be the birth month of my next guest. Um, when I was thinking about the month of November and how I wanted to sort of group some podcast episodes that I had in my hopper. I thought about Thanksgiving, of course, we um, associate, at least I do, um, November with Thanksgiving, and being thankful for my friends and my family and creativity and courage, in particular, this year, were at the top of my list. And those words describe um, a handful of people in my life, actually. But the one that sort of blossomed in front of me was my niece, is my niece, Cameron Summers. She um, was born in the month of November, and a lot is happening in her life. But she is... Um, she's, she's kind of like my little twin in some ways, or I'm hers, both and, um, there's so much that we have in common. And one of the things that we, um, have in common in particular is creativity. And that was, uh, spotted early in her by me, um, and others, but I gravitate to that and I wanted to be encouraging of her and her creativity and tried to think of ways and things and fun stuff to do along the way as she grew up. But um, she uh, is also courageous and she has um, heard that door knock that some of us that are creative people hear knocking and we get a little fearful and don't go to the door. But she's gone to the door and she's opened the door to her creativity and her artistry. And I think that is um, courageous for all of us, for any of us, for those of you who are listening that um, hear the call of whatever it is that flips your switch, whether it's a creative vein in you or not. I think the reason that I'm focusing a little bit more this month, um, particularly on creativity, um, is 
that it seems to kind of come with some hurdles in the artist themselves. Um, and then just in general, when we want to do what we want to do for a living or, or, um, have it be seen and share our creativity with others. It just seems to present some challenges. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong in assuming that it's more than others, but I think it has a unique niche for challenge challenges that call upon us to reach down deep and pull up from ourselves something that will help us get to the door and answer the door. So uh, that is uh, the thrust of this particular episode. Um, It also shows up in all of the episodes that I am presenting in the month of November. If you've not had a chance to listen to those, go grab some. But uh, without any further ado, here is my lovely, lovely niece, Cameron Summers. Well, I've waited for this day for a bit now, y'all. I have with me, as you know, because I tell you prior to me sitting down with someone that I am with one of the dearest people in my life, Fosho. This is my niece, Cameron Summers, and I have wanted to have her on my podcast for a while. And there's been so many great times to do it, but this is just the perfect time, I think. Um, This has been a big week for you, 10 days issue or so. And then also it's a big year and it's going to be even a bigger one. Right, Cameron? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So let me brag on you a little bit. I will, uh, I will say I'll be repeating myself some because I have spoken of you already, but you are my first niece and Mark's daughter and Michelle's. And I remember so clearly meeting you and I couldn't quite get my mind around it that, that you were like in my bloodline, like that I was related to you. But then I, I know that, um, Grammy. So let me just say to make sure everybody understands Grammy is my mother and the kids call her Grammy. And then I have been, um, for decades, um, since my teens, I have been Bobo to my family. So when the kids came along, they, um, they adopted Bobo. There was really no other option other than for them to call me Bobo. But I remember Grammy and and myself were, were babysitting And you were itty bitty still, like you were maybe three months old or so. And I looked down at you and here's where I forewarned you. I could possibly cry. I'm going to try and keep it together. But I looked down at you and your little brown eyes looked at me and I knew you knew me, like you look like my people. Like you had that look like, um, we're going to be friends and you just had this vibe that you put off. And I don't think that like, we tried really hard to make that happen. Cause I don't think I said like, Hey, you gave me a, a, a an infant. I promise when I first looked at you. Um, but we have 
we're very much alike. Wouldn't you agree that we have a lot in common? Yeah, I think that I tell almost everyone um, that the person that I'm most similar to in my family is probably my aunt. I think we're always on that same like artistic wavelength almost. And, and, and I will say you're smart. And so inadvertently I'm saying I'm smart too, yeah. um, but you're, <laughs> but you have a way about yourself. And then I also watch you and you're, you're strong. And I feel like I don't necessarily see myself in that way, but then now I get to see myself a little bit that I know I am a strong female and you have like, you're so capable and I just am so tickled for you right now. First of all, your birthday, can I say your birthday? Is that okay if I say that your birthday? Yeah, your birthday is November the 2nd. And, um, you know, which we was just a stone's throw away. And mm-hmm. um, so we celebrated your birthday, 22. 22, yes. That sounds weird to say. I hesitated for a second thinking, wait a second, am I wrong? Did I mean to say 14? No, yeah. 22, because time goes so fast. And then um, you also had, uh, you have a big thing coming up. Tell us what's coming up, which now I think I might pass out. So I should notify somebody in the house to make sure they're smelling salts. But what do you have coming up in under two months? Um, I'm getting married. Oh my gosh. She said it. <laughs> you are getting married you yeah. are getting married and we had your we had your wedding shower a week ago today yes oh girl so all my my little movies in my head are going on oh just a second first of all I will say you are the inaugural episode wherein I have not shown up for my guest with makeup. How do you feel about that? How, how do you feel about that? Like I, I have never not shown up for my guest without makeup, but because I love you and you've seen me much more bare than this, but look, at, <laughs> let me show you something. Hold on. I forgot. I know the audience can't see this, but you can. Why don't you oh. tell the audience what this is? Uh, so it's our paper mache piggy bank that we made a long time ago. <laughs> we, you came to my house and you spended the night and I loved to do crafts with you because you did gravitate towards artistic things, which we're going to talk about. That's sort of why we're having this podcast, but I remember making it and doing it in layers and it's a, it's, it's definitely a piggy bank, but then we, we decided to put like um flowers and lipstick on and false eyelashes that yeah yeah and then we even it had two earrings somewhere along the line one got lost but in all of your I'm hanging on to it because I'm going to give it it should you have children I'm not going to put any pressure on you but should you have any um it's going to go back to your child so I'm hanging on to it for you but um all of this to say is that we are a lot alike. We do have this creative thing and you write, you draw, you do so many things, but you have been wanting to lean into your creativity for a a good bit and in a, in a formal way. And Mm -hmm. right. Yes. Tell me what, tell me what, what fuels that. 
Um, I think just for a long time, I've, especially when thinking about my future, I've been like contemplating different avenues to take artistically, just because I see so many people that are doing what they love to do as like their occupation, as their job. And going from doing little art shows in high school to not really doing much of that in college and then like getting a full-time job and everything, I've started to notice that my passions are getting pushed to the side for the demands of life. Um, You know, I'm getting married and we have to live somewhere. And so I need money to provide for that. But always in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, why can't I do something that I love? Like I have all these different interests, but I don't quite know like one specific job that would pinpoint that. And for years I've talked about owning a business, having a small business, selling my art, branching out, putting myself in that vulnerable position. And then on my birthday, well, a couple of weeks before my birthday, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I've been talking about this for like two years. I did all this research and then right. I tiptoed to the edge of the cliff or whatever thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I just stopped myself. Like what if no one, it? what if no one likes it? What if I can't keep up on this? I've got all this other life stuff happening. Just I tiptoe and then I'd stop. And then a couple weeks before my birthday, I was like, I'm just going to full send. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to launch it on my birthday and it's going to be great and it'll be fine. And I'm just going to stop tiptoeing and actually take that leap off that cliff. And so on my birthday, I did launch my little and I bet I'm giggling because I bet I know I know you well enough that you're not paying attention to any kind of trends nor your your uh, anti Bobo. But, you know, I did the very same thing. I was actually I was actually like, you know, what? I'll just take a leaf out of Bobo's page, you know, <laughs> out of Bobo's book and I'll just do a birthday launch like she did. But isn't it something, though, that we did do that because you know, we're, we birthed something within us and gave it like a legitimate start on our birthday. So I feel like it seems so um, natural and harmonious and like honoring of ourselves being born by continuing to, um, to honor the create creative part of us and the things that sometimes are hard to put out there. Right. You know, um, it's hard to root for yourself. I think, I think not because I don't think I'm talented, but it's still hard. Do you agree? Yeah. I think what my sort of perspective on that is I, I know to myself that I'm good enough at this or that I'm talented for this, but I was just a little hesitant on how other people would react to it. So I always got hung up on like the, the potential opinions of others rather than the reality that this is something that I want to do. And this is something that I love. And this is something that I should be confident in and ignore what could potentially happen, um, positive or negative reactions. And I think like the whole us launching our little adventures on our birthdays just kind of shows the parallels between the two of us. Um, for me, launching on my birthday is I, I'm not a big spotlight person. So my birthday 
with like small gatherings has always been something that I really enjoy more than like having a big party or whatever, but to be able to kind of use that special day to highlight something that's special to me, that was what was, I was really going for, what I was really excited about. It was a, it was a nice gift to yourself mm-hmm. and it yeah. marked, it marked something. And so tell us what you did. Uh, what was the launch all about? So I launched an Etsy shop called Cam's Scribbles, um, where I sell prints, art prints and stickers that I draw on my iPad and then I get them um, manufactured for selling them. Yeah. And they're super cool. And one thing that you also have on there that I purchased myself are, um, I mean, I purchased as well. Um, mm-hmm. what are the, um, color in yourself, the tell, what are those called? I know there's like a whole lingo out there. Cause I did not realize till about a year ago when I started tracking some of the stuff that you were doing, mm-hmm. that stickers are such a freaking big deal. Like they're like a thing, like having stickers, Right? Is that like right. a, re, a, a a new surge, a millennial kind of thing? I think just because so many people have been stuck at home for mm. the past however long that they've started to branch into hobbies like scrapbooking, um, art journals, where like you can just be at home and do those things at home. And then people start buying stickers for like water bottles or notebooks or stuff right. um, and branch into that like collection almost. Um, decorating their pages and stuff but then what you were talking about the coloring pages those are digital downloads so I create um, line work that doesn't have color and then I upload it to Etsy in like a pdf or a png file so that you can either download it and color it digitally or print it off and color it traditionally I can't wait I love to color and I just can't wait I was just so taken and I know that like even, you know, with my podcast, for instance, there were parts of it that I didn't know how to do. Like I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with, I wasn't familiar, but it's part of the greater job of it. And I had to kind of learn, did you have an experience like that? Oh, I think the entire process was just me kind of stumbling through it, trying to figure things out. Um, I did, I had done a bunch of research into where to get things made, how to do it myself at home, um, bought like this machine that was supposed to help me cut stickers. I did so much research into that machine. I read the entire manual. I watched YouTube videos and then it totally did not work out for me. (laughs) Instances in which I did all this work and all this research and preparation for whatever my my silhouette machine or where to get prints made. And then it was like a roadblock after roadblock. And that was kind of one of the ways I'd lose confidence in my project. And then towards um, the end of October, beginning of November, when I was like, I already put this out on the internet. I already told people about this. I was already advertising. I I can't just like flake out again. That's one of the reasons I started like an art Instagram and started posting like, hey, this is launching on my birthday, November 2nd, so that I had the accountability so throughout those couple weeks leading up to it, I was like, I don't know how Etsy works. I don't know how to format a digital download. I don't know any of this. So I was just stumbling through the entire process, trying my best to make it seem like I knew what I was doing. 
when really I was, I was learning as I go and I'm still trying to get into the habit of, um, like marketing is really confusing to me. I, I know Instagram is a really big tool, but I work eight 30 to five. I'm not allowed to be on my phone through those hours. So I don't, I can't post anything during that time. I have never really been a consistent social media user. I'll post like special things or what have you, but never like daily. And that's what you need to do to keep people engaged and to drum up business. So I've been doing a lot of readings for stuff like that. But I think going into this, I was like, oh, this is just going to be like just me drawing and then me uploading it. And now it's like this huge monster of like, you got to list it and you have to market it. And what, how can you get people to engage with your Etsy shop? How can you get people to engage to your Instagram? How can you move people from Instagram to Etsy? So I just think all of it, all of it is just a huge learning, learning curve for me. Cause I was just like, oh, I'll draw. And then people will buy my stuff. It's not that. <laughs> I, I so I'm, I'm laughing because I identify so much. And um, when you reached, you talked about like, you know, hitting, getting, hitting a hurdle that would uh, sometimes may, make you lose focus. What kind of self-talk, if any, did you do? when you hit that hurdle to move beyond it and, and regain your focus, even if it took you off track for a while? It was more so like, you can't let this stop you. If this is truly something that you enjoy, truly something that you want to pursue, then what is stopping you? What are you, why are you getting so caught up on this one little blip? It, it was more like a, a, momentary lack of confidence in my ability to pursue my passion that when I took a step back I'm like why am I so wrapped up in this this isn't the end game this isn't the end of my passion this isn't going to make me stop wanting to do it so then why am I letting this stop me from moving forward did you have an answer to the question why because like I think it's fair to honor the fact that there was a hesitation because I know for me, there is too. And when you ask yourself, so why am I letting this happen? Did you need to answer that question? And what was it? No, I don't, I didn't answer that question because it wasn't important. Mm. What was important was the fact that I was recognizing by asking myself why I was recognizing that I was caught up in this and it gave me the space to step back and be like, this isn't important. The answer, the question, it's not important. This is something that I've hit and I'm going to find a new path around it. Awesome. I love that. I really do. You know, you, you, um, I know you know this, but your dad is super good. My brother at social media, I think, um, what, what kinds of things do you um, think that you do understand about it that are helpful to you right now that you might want to pass along to me? Because it's an area where I always go, okay, I'm not sure that I get like where my focus should be. You know what I mean? And I do the same as you. I, I, I kind of freeze. And I, I, I am someone who likes to ask myself the question and then find the answer. Uh, but I'm really inspired by you saying, if it, 
if it's not particularly important to the end game, then don't worry about the answer. Keep going. But what do you know right now about social media and about that part of things that might help someone listening? Even if it's at, at an entry level, sometimes I think we jump ahead and think we have to master the X, Y, Z. Z's down the road when the ABCs are literally the ABCs that we've got to get down. Right. So some of the advice that my dad gave me when I was first starting out that I started to follow and then didn't end up following all of the advice was to keep a consistent um, aesthetic for your feed while you're starting out. Like my first six posts on Instagram was a in-depth color, a black and white sketch, an in-depth color, and then kind of like that pattern. And then when I ran out of pre-made content was when it, that whole theme kind of started to devolve. Um, now I just kind of post whatever I have readily available. And so to remedy that, I'm trying to use my weekends to just draw as much as I can so that throughout the week, I there's apps that you can um, pre-plan your feed so that you don't have to write out your captions and stuff the day that you're posting. You can have it pre-written. So then all you have to do is pop over to Instagram and upload that. Um, so I'm starting to utilize those tools. Uh, something that I really enjoy that I just learned how to do is the highlights in your, um, in your Instagram bio. It's like right underneath where you write what your page is about. And then there's a the little like circles where you put your save your Instagram stories to. I just, I know those have been around for a long time, but um, I just learned how to use those because I don't use those on my personal page, but that's where I can save stories so that people that are just now coming onto my Instagram, they can look back to see what I've posted on my Instagram story because those only last for like 24 hours. So now they, I didn't know that you've educated me. So thank you. I did not know that. Okay. So like now if someone is new to my page, they can come see like um, past question and answers that I've posted on my Instagram story, like where people ask me um, questions and I'll like post the, the answer and save it to my highlight reel. They can go and pop in there whenever they want to see those, even if it's been posted like a year or so ago. Um, something else that I learned recently is like hashtags. People always say use a lot of hashtags, but I've been reading a lot of articles. Instagram has started to do this thing where you post too many of the same hashtag. They'll start start hiding your posts because they think that you're spamming. So it's like you have to walk a fine line between using enough to get noticed and not using too much to where Instagram notices you. Interesting. It's like... yeah. Oh my goodness. Now you're scaring me a little bit. <laughs> no, but I mean, in it, like that's, I mean, you're not scaring me, but I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the rhythm, the whole alg- algorithm. I don't yeah. even want to, like, I know what the heck is going on with it. Right. Right. This language that you have to learn to have successful Instagram posts um, that I'm just like, that's, too much for me right now. I know I've grown up in the social media age, but I'm so out of contact with that. It's not something I want to tackle right now. And probably in stages, like I said, the ABCs come and then the 
um, what's after C? <laughs> uh, DEF, you know what I mean? Like that, the alphabet can roll out as it needs to, not to beat a metaphor to death, which is my um, day job. Um, but I, okay, so when you create something, you meaning Cameron, and you put it out there, what, what in what's the impetus or not even that but what's the feeling or the felt need of making your stuff available to somebody else what are you expecting from that or what do you want from that like when I post something on Instagram well or no just creating something like for instance this this month i've kind of the reason you're you're leading one of the ways that we had to move you around in the weeks but you were one of the inspirations for the title of this month mm -hmm. uh i've not ever grouped any episodes together but it's friends and family creativity and courage because you're mm -hmm. both my friend and my family and you're creative and you're courageous um so that was how the title came about is thinking about you. And then everybody that I had in the month fits that as well. So I had my friend, Brian Cole, and then I had two friends from high school, which is so cool. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it this week, but I put them up. Um, Mark and Tommy Dominic from high school that live here. But anyway, they're think they're it's super cool. So it's in that same vein, but by being courageous enough to put your work out there, what are you wanting from that? Like when you, when you draw knowing you're going to share your art or when you paint or whatever medium is that you're in at the moment or promoting, and we know what you are now, um, what are you wanting from that when you share it with somebody else, meaning someone coming to your Etsy store or whatever? So I think first, I don't always create knowing that it's going to be something that I'm going to share with someone else. Good. Good Every know. time I start like a new, I use um, a digital drawing app um, mostly nowadays just because it's so convenient. But every time I start a new canvas on that app, I don't have, oh, like the mentality of, oh, what is going to be best to sell or, oh, what is going to be best to post on Instagram? It's, I'm, asking myself oh what do I want to do right now yeah. like what do I want to create right now what am I feeling like right now and then going through all of the canvases that I've created that week I think what makes me the happiest when mm. I look at mm. what brings most joy what makes me feel like oh man this is such a good piece um oh I really connect with this one and then that those are the ones that I'm like oh I'd love to share this with somebody because I want them to have either the same connection that I had or a connection of their own. Ooh. And that's what I decided to post on Instagram is something I've had a really deep connection with or something that I've really enjoyed making. And thus I want to share that joy or some sort of connection with someone else. And then as far as listing things on Etsy, it's what do I love about this piece that I would want to keep around me forever to have a physical tangible item that I could hold forever. And there's a sticker that I have. It's just a like a bunch of flowers wrapped up in a brown paper. What, like paper piece? It's here on like my a, table. Like an old style. Yeah. 
bunch of flowers because nowadays they're all wrapped in in plastic well i get my flowers from safeway so all the safeway flowers are wrapped in plastic i'm sure more traditional flower shops wrap theirs in the brown paper but i've always wanted to have a bouquet like that so i drew one because that just makes me happy and then i think oh it'd be so nice to have my little sticker like on my water bottle or or something so that that's kind of my process is is what makes me happy what do i connect with and then through my own joys when I decide, oh, I want to share this joy with other people. That is so pure. I am so glad I asked that question. I, I love that answer, Cameron. That is such a Cameron Summers answer. And I didn't know it, but I love that because it is, oh gosh, it is the joy of creating and it was something that you you just shared about the bouquet which I I mean it doesn't matter because nobody can see it anyway because we're I'm not on video but I just opened it and I saved my envelope because I wasn't sure where I was going to put it but I love I I wondered if you were going to say that but I I know what you mean like there it if in in the fact that it resonates with you first it comes from the love that you have creating first. I don't think there is anything that can stop that other than ourselves, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. that we, you know, but, but I feel like that is the best soil to have something planted in is this love of like saying that you always want to have flowers in paper wrapped in paper. And I even know that now that you've said that, I even know the tangible and the kind of the crinkle, the feel of that to have those. So seeing that for yourself and remembering is such a cool honoring thing. And to be able then to say, Hey, I want to share this with someone so that maybe they'll have the same reaction as me or one that is equally important to them. I feel like that is about as pure and honest as it gets. In the business element of it, do you think that there's parts of the business that then can threaten that pure, honest perspective if so what and why if no why yeah I think that in a whole creatives fall into the trap of what can best become a product um what what's what's going to be a bestseller um just because you are so caught up in the consumer mentality trying to put yourself in the perspective of your audience that you can tend to lose sight of what's most important to you. And I haven't really run into the problem of like creating just to make a product yet. I haven't lost sight of my pure intention in creating art. But I know that a lot of people that do run Etsy shops, they just try to create whatever seasonal, like Christmas is coming up. So now all these people are posting like Christmas stickers or whatever. And it's whatever is going to be popular, whatever is going to be um, trending, keeping on top of those things. 
And with my business right now, I'm starting off just posting the things that I enjoy, but I know later down the line, the whole aspect of making sure that other people are are catering to other people can tend to be a problem, you know? So do you think there's a way to marry the two though? I think you can certainly try. I've seen it where people keep on the path of they create what they love and then they they find the audience specific to that and then I've seen the way people just try to follow whatever trend is popping up and those people that have tend to be more successful just because they're catering them they're changing themselves and their art catering to a larger audience rather than trying to hunt down those people that are already in their in their circle you know right and yeah, that is, it's really resonating with me because of, so I do agree with you. I think it is the plight of the creative one, um, given that, that there's any aspiration to share the work for a monetary um, return. Um, right. And, I, and go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that I think that there's sort of like a, a pressure to create or to be creative, to create content, not to be creative, to be creative, not to be creative for yourself, but to be creative for others, for their consumption, whether that's as an actress to be in movies or plays that are going to draw in a large crowd or as a singer to sing songs that are going to make people like follow you along your path. But especially as artists in the more like traditional dry painting sense, creating pieces that are going to draw more of an audience, more of a crowd. Um, there's always that little like content ghost saying, hey, what can you do? What can you do to bring people's attention to your stuff? Um, and especially in the age of social media where you can go viral just off of a random post like TikTok for small businesses right now you can go TikTok viral in a matter of like hours and then everyone's like swarming your site but to get there is you have to just keep pushing content out there because you don't know what's going to stick and you don't know what's going to go viral and you don't know what people are going to like so you just have to keep producing and producing and then that's when you can lose sight of why are you doing it in the first place? Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. That's why I guess I reacted so strongly to when you shared drawing for yourself because of the purity of it. And um, I was just speaking with, um, with uh, an artist connection today about the game of social media. And I really kind of resist that, you know, mm-hmm. I, Um, I've never been one to do something because that's what you're supposed to do. And I, I resisted. However, I thought about things in terms of a job and if what I want to bring to the table or you want to bring or something that has the need to be, 
um, um, advertised or introduced through the huge platform of social media. If we treated it like another job where there are things about our job we'd like more than others, but we have to do the whole job to get it done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what that might be, but let's just say a data entry person really loves doing the typing, but hates to do the filing of things that have to be done after the fact or whatever. I totally made that up because ask me if I've ever been a data entry person. No. Will I? No. So I, I, but I see that there are things about careers and jobs and uh, ways to earn a living, quote unquote, not to sound like I came out of a 1950 television show, but that we like and we don't like. So I'm trying to make peace with the social media element of it. And it sounds like that is really no different than what you're saying either. Right. Yeah. I think the unfortunate fact is there's no getting around the social media aspect of any, anywhere that you want to make a connection. Um, you're going to have to do it through social media. Wow. That's yeah. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, all of that stuff. It's not going away. And mm-hmm. that's just the reality of the times that we're living. And it's right. the best way to reach like so many different groups of people. You think about the people that you meet on just your day to day. For me, it's not that many because I'm either at home or I'm in my small office at work. Um, Maybe I meet some random people at the grocery store, but I'm not like striking up conversation with them. Not the way that you can with like connection. There's just no way getting around it. And there's such a steep learning curve, I think, for people that don't know how to use Instagram correctly because I, I believe there's a right and wrong way to use Instagram. Um, there's a way, well, depending on what you're trying to use Instagram for, there's a right and a wrong way. Um, because the right way is going to get you results in the wrong way. You're just posting and only two people are seeing it. You know, you're not drumming up any of the audience that you're trying to reach. And there's so many tools nowadays to try to help launch you on that. Um, but there's, there's no way around trying to be a creative and make connections with people and also trying to stay away from social media. It's no longer word of mouth. It's now word of caption or whatever. Right. So venturing away a little bit, though, we will remind everyone it's Cam's Scribbles. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we can find you on Instagram and on Etsy, right? Yep. Um, but the creative person that you are, you're getting ready to get married. And, you know, I think of things in terms of, um, icons within us and creativity is a huge one within you. How does your creativity, if at all, play into your relationship and relationship building with not only your fiance, soon to be husband, Sean, who is as sweet as honey or syrup or both. Um, but even with 
your relationship with your mom and dad or friends or me or anything? How does your creativity, and in, in other words, if I were to see you, you as in your entirety, which I, I do pull back and look at you, like I just was sharing at the beginning of this podcast, I look at you in a lot of different ways. I watched you for, you, you took my breath away when you walked into the room. Now here comes the tears because it's so sincere. You just were so beautiful. When you walked in at your shower, you just, not just because you're my family and my niece, I just saw this really physically attractive, beautiful person with this brown hair that had auburn highlights and this makeup that we we know you're cousin and my friend Allie did and but this bohemian which I loved because I am I I title myself bohemian and you're right there um this this cream color gauzy beautiful dress you were just a vision and like 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 porcelain china doll skin and these big brown doe eyes and full lips I could go on and on um but I watched you and I watched you um, interact with people and you'd still, you are not a spotlight person. I will agree. Not quite like I am, but I later learned in life that I kind of learned how to be that spotlight person that I maybe more quietly am more shy and what have you. But all that to say is in the totality of you, your creativity is significant. How does it show up, if at all, in other areas of your life? I'd like to say that it's made me a really good observer. Um, when I'm working on a piece, I have to think about different elements that I want to bring in, different things that I want to be more subtle versus um, right up in your face. I, ha- I have to use more of like an observer's eye. And when it comes to my relationships or any interaction really is I'm more of an observer than like a spotlight person. I'm not shy, but okay. I would rather listen and watch people than try to be the person that's being listened to and watched. Um, I think it's giving, it's given me the ability to see other people's perspectives, um, to try to put myself in other people's shoes when having conversations with people and allow me to connect with them that way. Because as an artist, I have to try to step back and look at my art through someone else's eyes. Um, Like what's the first thing that I would notice if I was just looking at this piece and same way with my, my relationships. Um, What is fueling this conversation from the other person's side of things? Um, Like why are they so, excited about this or why why are we arguing about this like why is this so important to them and not as important to me or how can I learn more about this so that next time we meet up we can have the same like excitement level for this topic or like at my shower 
Um, there's a lot of people that I know I've grown up with. There's a lot of family, but I don't always get to see them very often. So I was more than happy to just be in the conversation and listen, even though it was supposed to be like my thing. I loved just catching up with people and listening to them and hearing about what's going on with their lives and being able to draw on my observations of, um, she really likes this thing and now I can be excited about it because I put a little research into it and I can talk to her about it kind of thing. That's very cool. And it, and I, I, um, I see evidence of everything that you've said. And I think that, um, the creativity, because I look back at you um, from from the time you were little, and um, I had I even have some pictures of you sitting on Uncle Jimmy's lap at our house in um, Australia at the table, a round table, and you were on his lap, and your face was so like chill and but yet it was super concentrated and I feel like that is something that you carry with you it's a focus um when you give yourself that opportunity it's a focus that you have but it's still very rooted in a calmness and that's to say that you don't have your moments or we all do but I I just feel like that your creativity ooh little piggy took a spill, um, that your creativity is very anchored to the core of who you are. And it probably is for, for many people, but I know that some people can compartmentalize. I'm not sure what the, uh, reason would be to do that, but I don't see that with you. And I just wondered how that manifested in other areas of your life. And do you think that Do you think that creativity can be something somebody cultivates all on their own? Meaning from, from if they did not have a previous disposition or a, a creative vein in them, can that be something, or do you believe we all do and we just don't hone it? I think that, I think that everyone is already creative in their own way. Um, I like to see creativity more in a broad sense than just limiting it to like the arts. Um, Like my mom, she, yeah, she's really good with her cakes. She does cakes and um, makes amazing artwork for those out of fondant and stuff. And she's very creative in that aspect, but on the flip side, I think she's very creative with the way that she does her bookkeeping. Um, I think that's what she does for uh, a couple businesses is bookkeeping. She thinks in a way and figures out problems in a way that I can't even fathom. And that's a skill that she's wired that way to think that way. But then that's a skill that she's honed in. Okay. Um, I think that with creativity, it can show up in places that you're not really expecting it to be, like with math or and numbers bookkeeping, but then also more traditionally in like acting or singing or dancing. And then with that, you can continue to build on it. And then someone that's not 
wired to be a singer or dancer, but they have that passion, can still train themselves to be a singer or dancer and build up on that skill. There was uh, someone that went to church with us where he played the guitar. He just could not sing, could not carry a tune. But then the more that he had put in that effort, he became a pretty decent singer. He's he's on the worship team. He leads songs now. He put in the effort to build on that creative line because that's something that he was passionate about. It wasn't something that he was gifted with from birth, but it was something that he was able to put in that effort, put in that time, that work, and become a worship leader. Um, I think if you have enough drive and enough time and effort into it, you can definitely get better than what you were, what your base was. Um, I think hard work will always get someone farther than just straight talent because you're constantly striving to get better. Mm. Well, now you're preaching to me. You're preaching, you're preaching to me. I think, um, you know, I don't take, I don't miss anything. There's really not much lost on me. And I think that um, one of the blessings of this podcast is that I, I sit down with people because I love people, as you know, and I love to ask questions and I love to listen. I love to talk to you. I mean, that's kind of an obvious thing, but I think I talk for the sake of helping a situation sometimes, you know, and I fill gaps and what have you. But I think I, if I had to pick between the two, which I'm glad I don't, I would probably say that I like to listen, but I think that the seat that I get to sit in is one that really I leave leaving so uh, my 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 bags are full. <laughs> I come with empty bags and then they get filled up because that is I I appreciate the honesty of that question of the answer that probably we can get further with some hard work than just a, a gift alone. Um, I think the gift alone can maybe separate us and pull us out from the crowd or, but if they're, if you're not getting there anyway to, if there isn't a crowd <laughs> that maybe the hard work helps provide, um, as you, as you enter this new chapter of your life, which is, you know, iconically, you know, monumental. Um, what do you hope for yourself from it, from getting married? Like, why am I getting married? What do you hope for yourself from, from that? Like, um, you know, you had hopes for your um, Etsy store and still do by getting married. What do you, what are your hopes from that? I don't know if I'm saying it clearly enough. Like, what do you, like when I asked you, when you opened the Etsy store, what your, what you 
saw or wanted to see in return or when you give someone your when your art is shared with someone I kind of want to keep that going with this next stage in your life to find out where are your where are your hopes and thoughts and dreams headed to or coming to or what's coming back to you from that crickets I'm thinking that's okay it's a big question it is, and it's one that I've I've never been asked before, because I always get the question, "Why are you getting married?" and not so much, "What are you expecting out of life after you get married?" Um, and to me, sorry to interrupt you. To me, it, the word "expecting" um, is close to what I'm asking but it has harder edges and it has some easier answers to it. You know what I mean? There's some things that one could expect that in general might be expected by everyone, but I've never asked that question of anyone. So you're the first and yeah. Thanks for putting me on the spot. With this. Well, and that might be things that you don't want to share publicly, but I don't know, you know. I think what I'm hoping for is what, like, my parents have, you know. I think they are such a strong God-based team that no matter what life throws at them they know that first and foremost they have god but they have each other and i think as like as the oldest in the family i've always been fairly independent as someone that whose hobbies are more independent based reading drawing writing that's all something that you just do in your own head The thought of now going through life with someone is as like a team is really exciting for me because yeah, I have my support system, my family unit, but now I have a partner mm. and I hope to have one, a relationship that continues to be God-centered but one that will be able to stand the testy waters. Um, because I have examples of both strong, God-based, successful marriages and broken, foundationless marriages. And I see the perspective of life with God life without God, what marriage means to those different sides. And what I'm hoping after we get married is that we continue to chase him mm. and you to build our lives on that foundation. Mm. And whatever we do as individuals or as couple, that we're able to see his hand in it mm. because my creativity and my passions 
they're from God. My being able to learn how to use Etsy, launch at my Etsy business, that was all through his timing. And he was able to slot things in so that I can push forward with this and pursue this. I'm not saying that I just sat around and was waiting for him to be like, okay, God, like, when can I do this? It was, I was going forward knowing that he would be there to catch me. Mm. That's what I hope to continue on after, after I get married, that now it's going to be us as a team, just going forward, knowing that he will be with us every step of the way. Oh, Cammie. So much for throwing you a curveball. I don't think that was such a beautiful answer. And I'm sure if your mom and dad are listening, that their chins are quivering if they're not wiping tears away, because what a testament and testimony to them. And, um, and really to all of us, I know that my listeners, many um, have a personal connection with God, um, but I also know there are many who don't. And it is in a day where it seems trickier and trickier, if that's a word, to share from a personal space um, of uh, an intimate faith because there's so much attached to it um, politically and otherwise. And um, But what you just shared... I know what it means because I've been up close and personal with uh, your mom and dad. And I know that's so true. And um, as an example, but I know who you are and who you've always been. Um, Maybe before you even realized it, I have such a sweet memory of you. We were all coming home from a trip that I hesitated to take, but Um, my husband at the time, uncle Jimmy encouraged me to, it was a family vacation and, um, his mother had some tests and some surgeries coming up and he wanted to be there, but he said, I, we both had tickets. He said, go ahead and go. And I really hesitated. And I, I went and you were just a little thing, barely walking. And by the time we got to our airport coming home, I barely, I had, I just had a couple, few more hours, I think, to get that. I think it was from California here back home. I don't remember, but it was a short flight. I got a phone call from Jimmy that his mom had passed away. And I was so upset with myself that I left. She had a complication with the medication. It was sudden. Nobody would have necessarily seen it coming, but I was crying and I feel this little hand on my shoulder and it was yours. And I just know that you had an empathetic heart and a loving, a God loving little heart. Even then it was just, uh, you were sensitive and ready to be that person that you've grown into being. It was sitting there waiting for you. So my prayer along with you is that what you stated so beautifully that you hope for the future. I think 
Uh, I pray that and hope for it for you. And I am pretty sure that with that being your focus, that will be how you do move forward. Um, and I'm excited for you. And we could, <clears throat> excuse me, go on and talk longer. I think I'd love to have you on after your store has been open for a while. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, again, but right now, as we knock on the door of Thanksgiving, sorry, I took a sip of water. Um, I just want to say before we go and um, that I'm so thankful for you and the deep joy you and, and all your siblings. I, I must say that you being the first, though, it's the first encounter that I had with this extension in my family and the joy that you give me is really deep. It's it's like. To the core of me. And I'm so thankful for you. And I am in your corner always, every day of my life. I am in your corner and every day of yours. And um, I thank you for being a guest and for filling out this month's of friends, family, creativity, and courage so beautifully. And um, this will air right before Thanksgiving holiday. So I just want to reiterate how grateful and thankful that I am for you. And is there anything that I can say or do in this podcast other than advertising where you, we can find your stuff that I can do for you as you're in this super exciting lot of moving parts season of your life that I can do before we say goodbye today? No, I just, I just want to thank you so much. I I think it's really special that you've allowed me to be part of something that's so dear to you. And I'm going to start crying now too. That's okay. You are one of my biggest inspirations as, as like a, a young woman growing up, as as a God follower, as a creative, you were just, you don't even know how lucky I feel to have been blessed with you as my aunt. And to be able to spend time with you like this, to be able to be part of your creative realm is so special to me because we've shared our time together growing up doing fun creative things and now as grown-ups <laughs> we're doing fun creative things and it's such a special connection to me and this has been such a joy to me and such a blessing because I just love sharing my time with my bobo oh girl with your bobo <laughs> I'm going to probably put up a piece of art that I found when I was cleaning off stuff on my phone. I captured a picture of a picture that you've drawn of me. And it is the most attractive capturing of me that has ever been had on film or uh, any other medium. But um, I am your Bobo and you're my Cami Apple. And I don't go away. I'm going to stop the recording here in a second. I'll say goodbye to you when, once, it restop, once it stops. But again, you are a blessing. 
I thank you for being my guest. I will um, trust that you'll come back and we can catch up and update what all the fun things that are happening. We'll let you get your wedding behind you because that's super cool and super exciting, but I know it's a lot. So I love you, girl. And thank you. And I know that when this airs, we'll be nibbling on some turkey just a couple days later. So we can look forward to that. But thank you, Cameron Summers, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Hold on, sweetheart. I can't say enough about how much I love her. I can't put it into words. Those of you who know me personally know that I I don't have any children of my own. When my brother and sister-in-law started having children, um, I don't think I made any announcements to them to uh, <laughs> have them keep an eye on me if the kids should come up missing. But uh, I just saw their children as an extension that they sat in a space that um, was reserved for them in my life in the absence of my own children, not at all as a substitution, not filling a gap. Don't go get weird on me if you're thinking any of that codependent stuff, but um, not that I'm not codependent, but just um, they, all of them have such a special place with me. And Cameron and I have um, a connection um, that is based as we've shared today in a lot of things, but, um, particularly in the area of creative minds and the way we communicate and the way we process and the way we deal with people and things. And, and though we're two separate individuals, there's so many ways that we connect and I cannot tell you how much I love her. I, I, I look at her and I, I don't even know what to do sometimes with my feelings about her, which I love that um, <clears throat> because she's just beautiful. And um, that's not at all to take away from the other three because they're amazing. And they will be on this podcast in one way, shape or form, I am sure. But here's to all that Cameron has out ahead of her. The world is her oyster. Oyster. Maybe she doesn't like those. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But um, she has so much in front of her. And I am just so thrilled to be a part of her life and can't wait to see what opens up. Thank you for joining us in this very personal time that we've had together. And if you would like to go participate and support her in her venture on Etsy, Cam's Scribbles is where you will head and follow her on Instagram. Thanks, y'all. It's been a blessing. Oh, and before I forget, happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) 